This is a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. So good, um, and it's also a challenge when where we get to in worship, uh, links so much with what I wanted to preach this morning. And uh, the sense of just keep worshiping because that would be good. And uh, God's doing stuff, or do we stop and look at His words? And uh, both are good things to do, so I'm not sure that one's better than the other, uh, but. Uh, just so thrilled that where God was taking us as we worship this morning, uh, real links into what I want to speak about and I want to look at this morning together. And I'm trusting that we'll have some time to get back into worship and to pray together as well. So if you've got a Bible with you, if you'd like to turn please to 1 Corinthians, we're continuing in our series after our slight detour going backwards last week. We've got back into a, a forward gear again. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And uh, we'll read some verses there. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we'll read the first 12 verses. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to meet idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be God. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one just as he determines. The body is a unit. That is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is. Father, we thank you for your presence. God, we thank you for your word to us. And we pray as we spend these moments looking at together that you might teach us, that you might apply this scripture to our lives, both individually and together as a church, that this morning, God, we might grow in you. You might do something in our hearts, and you might teach us. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the reason that I was so uh, thrilled about where we got to in worship this morning is we say about being in the river of God. We say about his presence. We say about him being faithful to us, as, as Kevin was sharing as well. And what we're going to look at in a moment, these gifts that Paul lists to the church in Corinth are gifts that come from the Holy Spirit. They're gifts that he gives to the church, that he gives uh, to followers of Jesus. And it's when we experience him, it's when we're, as we were seeing in the river, in his presence, if you like, that we're able to receive 
these gifts that he has for us. And so what we were, what we got to in worship and what we're looking at together this morning are inextricably linked. Because it actually comes to us by his spirit as we learn to receive the spirit, he gives gifts. He is a generous giver. I mean, who likes people who are generous? I mean, those of you who haven't put your hand up, I mean, just for those of you who are with people that didn't put their hand up, just take note when it comes to birthdays and Christmas. They're not fussed about you being generous. <laughs> I suspect all of us like those who are generous. We like generous givers. And God is a very generous giver. And ultimately, he gave his son, didn't he? Ultimately, he gave his son to open up the way for us in order that we might be adopted as sons and daughters of the living God. That is about as generous as it gets. It's amazing. So we can look at these uh, passages that we're going to look at this morning and think, wow, isn't God generous with these gifts? Yes, he is. But that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is that he gave his son. And it's because he gave his son, because he gave his son, we, you and I can be adopted as sons and daughters of God. We can have our sin forgiven, and our place to be restored. What we're going to look at uh, this morning is these gifts that God gives. Now, this particular passage in 1 Corinthians is one of those go-to passages about spiritual gifts. And as such, we've looked at it on different occasions in the past, but this time it's in context. We're going through a series. We're working our way through this letter that Paul has written to the church in Corinth. And we've already said that they didn't lack any spiritual gifts. Lack was not their problem. They had spiritual gifts in abundance. The issue that the Corinthians had was not lack, but rather knowledge of how to appropriately use the gifts that God had given them. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 7, you do not lack any spiritual gifts. They have an abundance. God is a good father. He loves giving good gifts to his children. And it includes things such as the gifts of prophecy or words of knowledge, gifts of healing, miraculous uh, healing of miracles, gifts of faith, etc. And I find it fascinating that Paul thanks God for the very gifts that are causing such chaos in the Corinthian church. He doesn't say dial down on it, rather he says learn to use them properly. Learn to use them Just as they didn't lack any spiritual gift, actually we don't lack either because God is the same God and he gives generously. It's the same Holy Spirit is working us is that we are work in the Corinthians. So it stands to reason that all these gifts are available to us as well. Would you agree? They are. Yeah, at home in my garage, uh, if you were to, uh, to have a look, you would find that I've got many, many tools. Now, I've got several toolboxes full of tools. I've got drawers of different tools. I've got another easy to carry around the house toolkit for those DIY jobs that inevitably always need doing. My grandfather repaired tools as a hobby in his retirement. And uh, he got to keep whatever he wanted. So 
he made up various tall sets for me, and I've got more than I could know what to do with. Tools in abundance. I've got all sorts. My issue is not lack of tools. I have more than probably I would imagine many of you. What I lack, and some of you would know this more than others, is not lack of tools, but rather lack of knowledge in how to use said tools. So my issue is not that I don't have the correct tools, what I lack is the knowledge and experience of what to do with them. I can look at them and think, well, there, there's all these different things, but I wouldn't know what to use. Actually, you know what? It's similar when it comes to spiritual gifts. We don't lack spiritual gifts, friends. What we often lack is the knowledge to use them. Or perhaps more accurately, sometimes the confidence to use them. Let's step out. So, as we look at the passage, it says that Paul's answering questions. It's now about spiritual gifts. It's like they were asking him a question, they probably were. He's saying again, don't be ignorant about it. And he goes on to say there are different kinds of gifts, different gifts, but it's the same spirit that gives all of them. Different gifts, same spirit. It's like different tools. And they're given as they're needed by a loving father to his children. So we might so we might use words such as they're situational. When you need them, God gives them. As you need different gifts, he gives them to you. And they're all from the same source, the Holy Spirit. They're gifts of grace. They're not given on merit. They're not a reward for good behavior or reading your Bible lots or, or experience with a Christian. It's not like you get to 10 years and you get, okay, the gold star and you get. It's not how it works. God gives them to his children, to us, as we need them. One is not better than another. One is not more important than another. They are different. You notice? Different gifts, same spirit. Different service, same rule. Different workings, same God. Paul says the same thing basically three times. It's amazing. So they're from him. And they come with power. And then these, these words that Paul uses, gifts, service, working, give us all a different sort of insight into what they are. Gifts are present, they're given freely. Service is an enablement to do something. Actually do something. And the, the, the Greek word of the word with God's working has thoughts of power to it. It's God's power at work. Not our power, it's his. And in verse 7, you see that to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, firstly, Paul says it's to each one. Paul is clear this is for everyone. Say everyone. Everyone. This is for everyone. It's not dependent upon your maturity or how long you've been a Christian. Yes, the gift might be mature, and so might you. But God's still but it can be nurtured, it can be grown, it can be developed. 
can go and experience with us. So And secondly, Paul says that they're given for the common good. These are gifts to bless others. They're given to you, but they're not primarily for your benefit. They're in order that you might bless and serve others. They're given to edify, to build up, to encourage the church. And they're given to reach the world. So they're given to serve others, be it inside the church or, or out. So they're given to bless and encourage one another in the church community. They're given as well for you to serve your community. So your council or your neighborhood. They're given for a purpose, not primarily for you, but in order that God might use you to bless, encourage, reach, serve others. They're given for the common good. As you read through the New Testament, time and again, you see that these gifts are, are given to build up and encourage to edify the body of Christ, and they're given as tools to reach the world. Just some, some examples briefly we, we see here about uh, Paul writing to the church, writing to encourage the church in Corinth, indeed, in, in Corinth here. He says in 1 Corinthians 14, he who speaks in the tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Edifies, builds up, encourages the church. But these gifts as well are, are used for reaching the world and for serving others. So if you were to jump back, say to Acts chapter 3, for example, you might be familiar with the, with the story where Peter and John are heading out to the temple at the time of prayer, they come across somebody who's, who's crippled, he's begging, he asks them for money, Peter and John say, I'm paraphrasing Peter and John say, I haven't got any money, but what I have, I will give you in the name of Jesus, get up and walk. How did they do that? Was that in their own power and strength? No, of course it wasn't. It's miraculous power given by the Holy Spirit. Gift of God. Gift of the Spirit. To encourage the church and to worship. It's given to you primarily to bless and serve other people. But I guess the only exception is going to be the gift of tongues, which, when you use it privately to pray, and we'll talk about it in a second, builds you up. But actually, the other gifts, they're about building, encouraging, serving, loving, reaching others, aren't they? So that's really quick. Let's just go through the list. So, Paul lists them here. You know, I don't think this is a complete list. It's not like the ones that we're going to do it. Actually, Paul gives us an example here of some of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And there are other lists and other things included uh, in some of them. But I guess these are the, the major ones that often we would uh, talk about. So we've got, verse 8, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. Who needs wisdom? Steve, put your hand up. Who needs wisdom? <laughs> we do, don't we? In whatever area of life we're in, whether we're on the council, or at work, or at home, we need wisdom. 
We need to hear from God to make wise decision, decisions. James 1, verse 5, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God promises wisdom. Ask praying this week for wisdom about particular situations. What should I do? How should I act? What should my response be? Ask praying for wisdom. I need wisdom here. And this, the message of wisdom is like that. It's a bit more immediate. It's like a prophetic word that cuts through the cutter and brings revelation and opens something up and gives specific direction and wisdom. Only this morning you're asking God for wisdom. Message of knowledge is similar to when the Holy Spirit reveals something to us about another person or situation that we couldn't have known in any other way had it not been from the Holy Spirit. And I've seen this work many times where the Holy Spirit reveals something about an individual or their situation. It's, all, it's almost in order to get their attention. It's like, hey, you know what I mean? The Father is of God. And that often leads into other gifts as well, and, and, and other prophetic words into a situation. It's like God arrests your attention to take a step. Prayer. And now I'm going to speak into it. How long we've got here is faith. And a message of wisdom, another faith by the same spirit. We know that faith comes from hearing the word of God. And as the Holy Spirit reveals Scripture to us, faith rises in our heart. But this is something more than that. It's a gift of faith. It's when you need faith for a particular situation. It's that moment where you need faith to step out. It's not just the faith that we all have to follow Jesus. Because God even gives us stuff. opens us to have that faith. This is more than that. It's like when you suddenly have faith for something that you didn't have faith for. So I can think of when we moved here to church, as a church, some of you were around there, many of you weren't. It was an expensive move. Really expensive move compared to where we were eating food. Somebody said to me, you heard about what we were planning, I said, that's a very focused life. But I knew that God had spoken and I had faith for it. I know when I didn't have faith for it, and I know that after God had spoken, then I had faith for it. And we had faith for it together as a church community. You know, to take this step and believe God's goodness. God gave faith for it. What do you need faith for this morning? Many of you are facing situations right now.
Thank you, Lord, that you, you are the God who heals sickness. Thank you, Lord, that you are the God who heals sickness. And I want to pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you give gifts of faith right now in Jesus' name? Well, right across this room, right across this auditorium, as these Dear friends, stand. Lord, I, I pray as they hold arms and hands out to you and hearts that are open, I say, Holy Spirit, would you give gifts of faith right now in Jesus' name? Thank you, Lord. This is not about working out problems, but it's about receiving from the Holy Spirit. Receive right now. Receive gifts of faith. When there wasn't faith before, God is coming. Let faith arise. Lord, let faith arise. Lord, where there hasn't been any, let it rise and let it grow quickly. In Jesus' name. Because as He gives faith, we get the We step out and trust. Guess what? Faith grows in faith. Every faith is faithful. God gives faith. We step out and trust. Guess what? People often call the Christian life a journey. It is. It's not meant to be static. We're just moving forward. He wants us to grow. Now, you do not plant a plot and think, well, I hope nothing happens. You know, you don't go to your garden centre, purchase a seed or a bulb, stick it in the ground and think, well, I hope nothing happens. You buy it and you hope it's going to grow. There's this great picture on the front of the seed packet that, wow, I can make it look like that, I'll be doing well. So you plant these things and you water them, you tend them, you're hoping they're going to grow. You want to see something. You know what? Faith is meant to grow in our hearts. Over time, as we follow Jesus, we're on a journey with him. He leads us somewhere. He grows faith in us. He grows that in his gifts. Right, healing. This is pretty self-explanatory. We're not just commanded to pray for the sick, but rather to heal the sick. And that's definitely not an hour of strength. But rather, in strength. And that's often linked with other gifts of the Spirit as well, like words of knowledge and gifts of faith as well, like we've just been talking about. Maybe you need to know healing this morning. Maybe you're not sick. We'll pray for you. Miraculous powers, Paul talks about as well, similar to healing, but perhaps more akin to some of the miracles that Jesus did, like calming a storm. Being, being 
Paul talks about prophecy, that now word of God, revealing what's on his heart <clears throat> from a particular situation, a particular person. Maybe. We're learning to hear God, aren't we? More and more, we're learning to hear him. Beginning of chapter 14, Paul says to the Corinthians, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Spend more time on that than we get that far. 1 Corinthians, the prophecy builds up. Prophecy <coughs> encourages, it gives you courage. It isn't just about saying what's going to happen in the future, sometimes it is that. We're talking about that, telling us on God's heart and encouraging, giving courage to you. How can you see yourself, your situation? As God does. How can you see who you are because you are made in His image? <clears throat> Spend more time on that in a few minutes' time. Then we've got distinguishing between spirits. Sometimes we call that discerning spirits, discerning spiritual roots, particular problem or situation or issues that just really down there. We've got speaking in tongues, he talks about as well. So speaking or praying or singing in tongues is our spirit inspired by the Holy Spirit speaking or singing to God. And tongues is either an unlearned human language or an unlearned heavenly one. And uh, I've certainly heard both. It's a Godward thing. It's something that the Holy Spirit inspires in our hearts to praise or worship. But do you notice that it is speaking in tongues? You have to do with speaking. It involves you, your voice box, your mouth moving, your tongue. You know, it's still you doing the speaking, but there's something, the sound comes out. God involves you in it. It involves your spirit in it. So often it's when we run out of things to hide, when we've got nothing else left to express when we pray in tongues. That's when the spirit starts to come and communion with God. And tongues often stir up other gifts as well. So particularly in a worship context, we gather together as a as a body, then often a celebrating a tongue and that happens publicly, we expect it to be an interpretation of that tongue. Not translation, not a word for word thing, it's an interpretation. And that helps us understand what's being expressed, what's being played, we can get on the back of that. But all that often unlocks other gifts as well. Earlier on, I talked about gifts being situational. God gives them as you need them. And that's true. But also, we see that as the Holy Spirit gives gifts over time, it may be that you find that He often gives you particular gifts. You may find actually it's often this one or that one, but you over time learn to be more proficient in certain gifts and you grow in them more. I'll encourage that as well. Don't ignore the others. Don't think, well, they're not for me. They are when you need them. But it may be that 
compensatory uses you to bring tightness in there. You might know that compensatory uses you uh, when it comes to feeling the tightness in there. You sort of grow in that pitch. You learn to, to get more experience in it and more fight for it. That's what you have to do with that. Remember that one job, one spur, all things coming back to that, the fix of a home spur. This is it again in verse 11. All these are the work of one and the same spur, and he gives them to each one just as he intends. That's Passes are already to receive. By Christmas, our kids know that they're going to get better. They start to see them pile up around the tree. They might even see some with their name on get particularly excited. There's a sense of excitement and anticipation. They're going to get a present, they're going to get a gift. They're looking forward to it. Same sense of excitement and anticipation when it comes to the heavenly father and the gifts that he wants to give. Yeah, God's gifts are incredible. You know, I think our Christmas. Listen, this is in another league. These are gifts from your heavenly father who knows exactly what you need. But just what you're facing right now, the circumstance you're dealing with, the situation that you find yourself in, God loves to give, to bless, to encourage, to help you reach out and serve the world around you. And this morning, I believe God's going to do that. Put the bank and come back up, please. Look, God's here and wants to give. Gifts this morning. I love us to just to wait on him and see what he wants to do. He gives these gifts to to his children. He calls us into a relationship to follow him. As we do that, he loves to give gifts. This morning, maybe for you, it's thinking about what that means in a relationship with him. Yeah, that's not something you consider before. Maybe you just come to the front. It's with me. I wonder what this is about. It's about knowing a father who loves you, who has done everything required to make your relationship with him better. To your heavenly father, that's God himself. Done all that is necessary to make your relationship with him possible. That he might know what it is to be his son. And in that position, those who receive the gifts that we have. I do feel for all of us this morning, there are some steps to be taken. This is what we said the Christian life is a journey and we move into it. I mean, some steps to be taken this morning. We were talking earlier about taking steps into the river. I want to encourage us to get those. Take a step. 
might be a tiny one, or it might be a massive ring. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.